Well, ECB has been trying to sound hawkish as they lift rates as expected by 25 basis points overnight. The US, meanwhile, more signs of a soft landing with prices easing and GDP growing. That's the latest data from over there. And Japan, Tokyo's CPI out today, just ahead of the Bank of Japan, who will tinker with the yield curve a little, but not move rates. That's the best guess for today. And Australia's retail sales. Have we stopped shopping? It's Friday, the 28th of July, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, a lot of market action in this session, that's for sure, with the US dollar rising 0.9%. That has added to the fall in the euro, which is down 1%. Actually, it was up more than half a percent mid-session just before the ECB. Uh, Then it came tumbling down. But as we'll hear, it's largely the dollar that's driving the moves. The pound also off by 1.2%. The Aussie is down 0.8%, down to 67 US cents. But the yen up over 0.8% on that rising US dollar. That is quite a move. And 10-year Treasury yields in the US back up to 4% today. That is 14 basis points higher. That's where the action is because in Europe, yields are generally lower, but only one or two basis points for 10 years in Germany and France, up three basis points in the UK. And US equities down, but it's been a bit of a journey. The Dow is down 0.7%, but it was 1.5% higher early on in the session. The S&P down 0.6%, the same for the NASDAQ, the Russell 2000 is down 1.3%. Almost every category was down, except media and entertainment. It's people staying in and watching TV again that we were talking about earlier in the week. But shares are up in Europe. The Euro stocks 50 up 2.3%. The DAX up 1.7%. The CAC current is up over 2% this morning. And oil is higher. Brent and WTI both up more than 1%. Brent was up 1.8% at one stage. So the ECB, it has lifted rates as expected, the highest move now, the highest level now since the year 2000. Let's talk about that first of all with NAB's David Garris in London. So we've seen quite a move in currency markets, even though there was no surprise uh, in the news from the ECB. So, well, it was the way it was told, or mm. was it really the US dollar mm. that was uh, that was really driving I, that move? And a bit of coincidence. I think... Um you know, when you look at the price action in, in European interest rate markets, uh, it wouldn't be too much of a stretch to say that it was a non-event is probably not quite the right term to use, but we're not looking at big moves, are we, in, in European interest rates on the back of the ECB meeting? I mean, we're talking about a couple of basis points. Yeah, exactly. Sort of so in you that know, case, slightly... the currency moves that we're seeing, it's really down to, to the US dollar Indeed. and news from, from the US. Indeed. And, and, and um, you know, I, I was just uh, tracking what's been happening with currencies since about um, one o'clock today, which is, you know, just before the uh, the ECB meeting. What was that? It was at 1.15. And then we had the, uh, this, is, this is the London time. And we had the US numbers out about 15 minutes later. So it was quite a nice little test there, right, of what was going on. Well, it was it was a bit, as you said, I think you used the word non-event because, I mean, it was, you know, uh, well, we did what was expected. Uh, we are data dependent from now on. I mean, uh, Christine Lagarde said the outlook has deteriorated, but, you know, that's what they want. That's what they're, they're hoping for. She's made it sound like it was uh, unexpected. Uh, inflation is going to drop for the remainder of the year. That was about the only definitive thing she said. Other than that, uh, yeah, data dependent. We might hike again, she says, or we might not. Uh, it's uh, right. <laughs> so and not that, a lot for the market. Exa- and that's what the market is expecting of this mm. ECB uh, meeting. So we did see a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction. Uh, German two-year uh, yields dipped, but then came back. Um, yeah. Virtually yeah. no change on the day. So 
So perhaps more interesting right. is going to be we get the inflation numbers for Europe today. And to, uh, I well, think and so. Today yeah, and next so week. I think we get France and Germany today. The euro area, mm. actually, we've got to wait till next week for that, along with their GDP yes. numbers as well. So yes. Uh, yes. so that data that the ECB is dependent on is all coming Indeed. very quickly, isn't it? So Indeed. maybe Indeed. that'll create some movement in the you know euro, independent of what the US dollar is Indeed. Doing. So we should have a pretty good idea by um, by Tuesday whether that data dependency means that, you know, it, it, because we, we've seen, we saw with the European PMIs this week, Phil, that the European economy seems to be sliding further than what's been happening in the US recently. So um, we, we wouldn't want to rule out a soft landing, but they're skating on thin ice growth-wise at the present time. Well, I mean, there's this huge variation, isn't there, within Europe? So, some of, so you know, we've spoken about it before on the podcast, some mm-hmm. of the southern European countries are seeing uh, inflation really moving well down Indeed. now. Uh, so, uh, you know, they would be hoping that we see a slowdown in the G- in German economy so that the ECB says, well, OK, we don't have to move t- quite so much to tame inflation in germany yes. so that that would be because they're they're balancing this line of having so i mean i guess the u.s has inflation varying by region as well but these are separate countries Indeed. Uh, and uh, you know it's a, it's i mean we've also got the imf saying they reckon uh it's going to be 2025 before uh the, the euro area gets inflation back on t- on target and that you know they are saying that they want to see the ecb raising more than they are currently planning to. So uh, they're saying, you know, it's going to be a long haul. Right. Um, but, yeah. you know, if it's going to be a long haul, if it's going to be 2025, why wouldn't they lift sooner and higher just to try and make it work I, faster? I think one of the key messages um, coming from the ECB was, you know, that they, first of all, they recognised the slowing in growth that's, that's occurring. Uh, second, it was due to domestic factors. And third, um you don't need to be a rocket scientist to work out that the big shift in interest rate policy and monetary policy, that is from negative rates up to, to a much higher rates, positive rates, coming also with quite a tightening in credit standards, you know, amongst the, from, from the European banks, you know, which is having real effects on borrowing, uh, on consumption and investment in Europe. So uh, that seems to be having a larger um effect there so you'd have to think that that will crimp probably labor demand faster than what's been happening in the US so there is a bit there is a divergent story there still playing out and of course there's a lot of um water to go under the bridge there but um that's how it's playing out at the present time so then that that's what the market expects out of these growth numbers the GDP numbers tonight and also at the start of next week let's see if inflation plays ball there you know as you said there spain's inflation's down to what 1.6 now so it's really low yeah they won't be happy to see uh interest rates going any higher will they when they've you know as far as they're concerned it's all in check but look uh talking about gdp because that is the big currency move and a uh, big move in yields as well in the in the u.s because gdp uh came in the quarterly gdp from two percent in q1 to 2.4% in Q2, so it rose when it was actually expected to fall. So has that changed perceptions of where the Fed will go Will go next? I mean, presumably we saw you know that, that big rise in yields. I think it's, it's a sort of number that's not breaking the sound barrier for the US economy. Um, okay, it, it, it was better than, better than expected, but it also came with, um, you know, the uh, the uh, PCE deflators and GDP price index moving moving downwards, 
And I was just looking at a little, at a little bit longer term there. And, um, you know, the, the PCE price index. Um, 4.9% in Q1 down to 3.8%. Yeah. So that's also lower than expected. So it all adds to that soft landing, uh, you know, impetus, doesn't it? It, it does, absolutely. And you've got, you know, the, in the goods sector, uh, consumer prices from the first quarter of last year to uh, the second quarter of this year moved from a 10.6% annualised rate down to 04 and even services from 5.6 down to 3.8, it's all moving in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. So, and But people are still spending. So real consumer spending. Indeed. So it adjusted what a, what for a combination inflation. that is. I know. So at 1.6% in Q2. So people are spending more uh, and prices are coming down. And, uh, and hey, maybe we're not losing jobs either because if you look at the uh, the jobs numbers, the, uh, the you know, the, the initial jobless claims last night fell. Yes. So, you know, suggesting more people are it's working. It's going in the other direction. It's going in the other direction. So, I mean, it's good, good, good as far as people are concerned. And, and maybe the Fed's not going to be too much worried about those. I mean, it's only a small move in, in, in jobless claims. It's only a weekly figure anyway. It is. And then uh, what else do we have? Uh, durable goods orders <laughs> as well, stronger than expected. Actually, 4.7% month on month against 1% Indeed. expected. So happy days, surely. Indeed. Fixed fixed investment, you know, private investment was up yeah. in the um, in the June all quarter. Over. Residential investment was down. So <laughs> it's, all the, it's all the right story. Yeah. Now, let's see what happens with the employment cost index out tonight, whether that does moderate a little bit further. It's not expected to moderate much. I think from 1.2 quarter on quarter to 1.1, uh, we have seen some moderation in the average hourly earnings figures, but let's. this is, this is regarded as a much more reliable indicator of underlying uh, labour costs. So let's see if that plays ball. And yeah, equity markets are down, aren't they? I mean, I, mean, I guess, though, you know, if the Fed is not going to go any further... Um, mm. then this is the time when people rush into bonds, wouldn't it? So maybe you would expect the equity markets to take a bit of a hit. Yes, that that could be the case. But, you know, if the Fed's not going to go further, then, you know, at the margin that will support earnings compared to, yeah, much more aggressive expectations. But the two-year yield is nearly up to 5% again now, Phil. So the market buys the story that the Fed's going to keep rates high for longer, at the present time anyway even though all, all the jigsaw pieces seems to be seem to be falling into place. All right. So, uh, well, what about the Bank of Japan then? This is a curious one. Early afternoon Aussie time. We get their decision to do nothing, uh, although the Nikkei is reporting that maybe they'll, they'll discuss a tweak to its yield curve. Before that, we also get the Tokyo CPI ahead of that meeting. So let's hope it's not too high for them. Well, even if that is on the higher side, I think their view is that's not going to be sustained into the next financial year. But you can never say never with Japanese inflation numbers. Um, but, um, yeah, there was that story around that the um, maybe they might tweak the tolerance band around the zero 10-year uh, bond target. You know, it's currently plus or minus 50 basis points. Might they put another quarter of 25 basis points on, on top of that? But um, it's only a press report at this stage, and um, but it's certainly – been enough to put a, a bullet under the yen today, which was comfortably above 114, now down around the 139 level. As I look at it on the screen right now, it's um, it's actually below 139, 138.80. So there you go. 
Right. Okay. It will have changed by the time people listen to this podcast. Indeed. So the uh, also the quote problem with the podcast when you're quoting into two decimal places. Uh, but uh, the uh, also we get the quarterly outlook report as well. So that's going to be interesting. So last time, let me quote mm-hmm. a little bit from it. They said year on year the rate of increase in CPI, all items less fresh food, is mm. likely to decelerate towards the middle of fiscal 2023, but then pick up again with wage growth and uh, price-setting behaviours by firms. So, well, I mean, you could say the inflation rose higher in June. Uh, well, and, we're, not, uh, we're not at the middle of fiscal 23. 23. I know they could say it just happened earlier than we expected. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, so they are expecting anyway that it's going to come down and then go back up again. It's basically they, they've, got, they've got all, uh, all bases covered. All bases, started. yes. Yes, a lot of central banks could learn from that, couldn't they? <laughs> Yeah, there's a word for it, isn't there? But I can't say it on a podcast. Uh, Australia's retail sales for June uh, today, it's expected to flatline. Is mm. the Aussie dollar going to respond if it doesn't, or even if it does, given, you know, the, who knows the way things You'd are You'd expect moment. a little it's, bit of knee-jerk reaction, wouldn't you? You would, because um, it's, been so, it's been a volatile week or so for the Aussie dollar, hasn't it? It has. It has. I mean, and we've had that. That all that uh, strategic uh, information released after the Chinese Politburo meeting this week about you know their broad aims and so forth, but we haven't had any detail yet. So um, I mean that's something something different. But you know retail sales is a it's a market sensitive piece of information. In fact, um, my colleagues here I think could be negative print that one today so we'll see right and retail sales yeah i mean we are expecting a slowdown it's going to be a surprise well consumption has been slowing so we're going to see that just uh, with the numbers to to reinforce that okay and it's the end of the quarter of course on monday Mm. so does that i mean presuming that adds a little bit more to to the volatility as we get a bit of rebalancing going on indeed and uh we've got currencies that have you know like the euro has broken down through that one 10, 25, 50 type level. We're below 110, 111 now. So, um, you know, the, and as you say, we're, we're, we're into quarter end. So, uh, and we've got concoction of data still to be released. So it could be whippy um, tonight and, uh, and into the first day of the week next yeah. week. All right, very good. Well, we'll be back on Monday morning to talk about it all, about the whippiness, and uh, we'll catch you again uh, very soon. Thanks, Dave. Good on you, Phil. Cheers. And I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'm back again on Monday morning for the first of six podcasts next week. Uh, This is The Morning Call from NAB. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening.